He's got to be pleased with that. The crowd is just on his feet here. He's a Cinderella boy. Tears in his eyes, I guess, as he, as he lines up this last shot. He's got about 195 yards left. This crowd is going deadly silent. Cinderella story out of nowhere. It looks like I'm a rat. It's in the hole! It's in the hole! Welcome to week 51 of a Good Talk Spoiled Golf Podcast. I'm James Richardson, and if you want to get in contact with us, you can get in contact with us through Twitter, which is at PodcastGTS, and our email address is a good talk spoiled at gmail.com. This week I'm joined with me is Barry O'Hanrahan. Hey, Barry. Hey, guys. And as always, Bobby Donnelly. How are you? Hey, James. Hey, lads. How's it going? I hear you um, had a good old first prize of the year on the golf. Uh, I did, yes. Uh, played Winter League on Saturday, uh, but I'm not really counting it, Bob, because it was on uh, frost greens. But, uh, you know, a voucher is a voucher, so we'll yeah, exactly, go yeah. towards the Pro V1s for when the proper season starts. Absolutely. What's I, I, And when I was in Glen Downs, you didn't actually, there wasn't frost greens ever in play, and I think they only brought them in just when I was leaving, and... They were very reluctant to use them, or very reluctant. To, are they using much? Many of them. That's you know. What am I now? Five, five years, six years in Glen of the Downs. That's the first time I've ever played. Okay, on them. okay. Um, that's now, okay then. I ha- it's only because, in fairness, it was very, very frosty yeah, at the weekend, was, yeah. and yeah. I suppose the difference was either play golf or not play golf. Now, when I saw that there was a delay on the uh, course opening, there was a part of me in my warm bed that said, ah, sure, we won't bother. <laughs> me but, too, uh, me too, I was close. But uh, we went out and, um, yeah, it's it's strange because they're about 60 or 70 yards from most of the greens in the normal greens yeah. in Glen of the Downs, and they're just a round circle in the middle of the fairway with yeah. the flag stuck yeah. in the middle. And, like, some of them you can't get them to stop. Like, you're, you're, you're putting from 20 yards off it. Yeah. Um, and I have to say, it was like putting on concrete. They were so hard as well. With the ground being frosty. Yeah, yeah just if anyone doesn't know, like basically it's just cut, a cut and prepared section of fairway to enable golf to actually play in the day because if the greens are frozen and you walk in them, the the cells in the grass will get broken and you just leave like burnt footmarks on the green. So it protects the course, but it gets us out golfing. Some of the holes are crazy short. I mean, I, I was driver 56 degree, like flick of a wedge for most of the holes that day. Um, so I was, you still didn't win. I still didn't win. No, no. Driving a flick of the wedge and still didn't win. (laughs) I beat James by two points, but uh, it was not good enough. No, no prize. But um, I was good. We had to get out for our winter league. You know, we were both uh, team captains, so you have to set an example for the troops. Oh, very good, very good. You were actually you were making up for my absence in Carton. You were you were in. Did you play with the American golf guys on Friday? Were you you were in down in Carton? Out out in Carton, yeah, playing the Monty with. Gary, John, and um, their friend Quentin, I think. Hi, guys. Hi, guys. Um, Naomi, I'm terrible at names. I'll never forget his face. I'll see him in 50 years' time. Like, hey, how's it going? Yeah, yeah. Play around the golf. Um, but yeah, it was, a, it was a cold day, but it was dry. So got How out. are the greens actually in the Monty? Because they generally hold up reasonably well. Beautiful. I, yeah. I was putting uh, putting quite well that day, courtesy of James's putter mostly, and Gary's tip about getting well, a base oh, balance putter. Me, I want need to, to take that back. Yeah. That's fine. Okay, you can have it. <laughs> Got anything just to stop the abuse. Uh, yeah, it was a good game. Played with a four ball, better ball. Um, good match, and we halved it on 18. So Cool. And we were obviously up in American Golf, um, and I remember Gary uh, was hitting the ball an absolute mile. What's it like on the course? It's it's prodigious. It yeah. really is. Yeah, yeah you, have to, you have to stop yourself trying to swing out of your shoes to keep up with them. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, 
when he when he hits it right, the ball's got some serious hang time. It's uh, it's quite a, it's quite a thing to see. Yeah, yeah, he hits it an absolute mile anyway. So uh, yeah, no, it's good. It's good round of the lads. Um, of course, could do a little bit of drainage. I don't know whether they've got an awful lot more rain in there than we have here on the coast um, in recent yeah. times. But uh, yeah, for this time of year, the greens were in very good condition. They were rolling very true. So uh, credit to the, credit to the staff down there. I played them last year in around around this time of the year actually, and I remember going out and one of the lads on it was. In, in the clubs just came in from playing and he said the greens are like snooker tables out there this is like June mm. January February I was like yeah yeah Grant whatever like just thinking he was totally exaggerating and we went out and the greens I couldn't believe it end of January and they were absolutely immaculate yeah. um, and rolling like I mean putts were going kind of 6-7 feet past the hole and you think they were going to stop by the hole so yeah they were very impressive greens uh, that day so yeah, credit to the staff there are you playing at all? Are you even no, practicing? Well, or? I was meant to play on Saturday in um, Galway, but the actually, sorry, I, well, they, there was a lot of frost, and I was traveling from Dublin. We had a ten o'clock tea time, so I didn't travel in the end. And same way, I was meant to play the previous weekend, and I got frosted off. But I'm actually away next week in the states, so I'll be playing the next couple of Saturdays in twenty degrees heat. So that'll be a nice suntan when you return. Yeah, <laughs> That's it, yeah. A Stuart Sink, uh, white head and yeah, dark, yeah. yeah, tanned face. So I kind of feel like my season's starting on Saturday now. So I'll be in in San Francisco, so I'll get out and play one of the public courses there. So, which probably is on the tour. Those public courses tend to find themselves well, onto the uh, on the well, PGA tour. One of the ones is one that's about fifteen minutes from our hotel, and uh, it's, I think it's called. Presidio, I think, and I don't think that that it's, it's supposed to be a very good course, and it's kind of one of the better ones in San Francisco. But the following week, I'm hoping to play um, TPC Harding, and uh, that's where the WGC is on at the end of April. The, the match WGC play. match play, the mm. McElroy and Tiger and everything. Play. You make it so easy to like you, Bob. Well, exactly, yeah, yeah. So I'll have a little course review for for uh, next time I'm back. That's back good. And a bit of an inside track for the WGC as well, and who yeah. might go well. Yeah, exactly. So, um, and it's but uh, uh, sorry, I go back to your point. The public courses are great. You can just mm-hmm. get on. And actually, you now I'd be a tourist playing, but uh, if you're a local, if you're from San Francisco, you get like half price or third of the price to get on. And then if you're a Bay Area, which is the extended area. It's about kind of they're probably about half price to two thirds, so they really look after yeah. the locals. I wonder if any of our listeners are over in San Fran, get get in touch, maybe yeah. hook up with Bob for a round. Absolutely, yeah. I'm hoping to play the next set, next two Saturdays. I get in touch. I'd love to find a few friends to play with. Just looking for a few friends. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You can see James's face light up when that was set up there. Ta- talking about friends, uh, we've had quite a few friends uh, get in contact with us over the last week um, on the Twitter mm-hmm. sphere. Uh, and that's a podcast GTS and Barry you've had a look at a few of them uh, just there's a few that you want to kind of highlight this week don't you yeah in particular Alan uh, Alan Thomas Bridges the uh, our listeners won the game golf uh, system guy had it all set up and was eager to play and a few days later he got out and off he went in his 12 hole competition and shot 5 under par so his stats must be ridiculous for at the 12 moment. holes for 12 holes 12 holes yeah, hey, it's still amazing that's, ama- that's, that's extra that's, good yeah, <laughs> no, 5 hole for 5 under for 12 is better than 5 under for 18 the only thing is we might get Alan to clarify because I actually had a look on his you can yes. you can go into his actually into the round and you can observe people's stats which is another yeah, cool, cool feature of it 
But I think the first hole it says it's par five. Yeah. I think he hit an eight iron and a putter. I think so. Yeah, I'm, I'm the, not too sure whether there was one par four that was 170 yards. So I'm not yeah. sure. If, yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe, maybe, maybe the course isn't properly yeah, on the system yet yeah. or not. Uh, it's, it was <laughs> a bit curious. All so right. yeah, so Alan might clarify how the old system is <coughs> working. Actually, I'm, we might try and get him on the next few weeks for another review of the system once he has it up and running properly. You know, good idea. Yeah, yeah. Because I'm assuming it's not properly by being five under for twelve holes. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm open to correct to correction on it. Yeah, he goes seven under next week. <laughs> um, and yeah, we keep, obviously we keep an eye out on Twitter ourselves, you know, for some good stuff during the week. And, uh, Chris Kirk is, you know, did a proper amateur, uh, start to the season by being blowing hot and cold like crazy. So it's very funny. Yeah. yeah. He said, uh, if they gave out an inconsistent player of the year award after the first few weeks of 2015, I would win in a landslide. Last two weekends, 74, 64 and 73, 62. Yeah, it's so pretty inconsistent. That's, uh, that's pretty pretty much a mirror for what we can do ourselves every weekend. Mm. And I think his sixty two, uh, he got rewarded with a drug test. Oh, that's right, <laughs> he got a drug yeah. test uh, for his yeah. sixty two. So he got to pee in a bottle for that uh, that evening. And he passed it as well. Did he? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. Well, um, we're going to talk Good about job, somebody Chris. else w- down the line. Chris is winning prizes everywhere. Passes on drug tests, awards <laughs> for inconsistencies. And um, last year we did a. We decided last year that we do a rules related question each week and there was obviously the competition between Barry and Alan but we decided this year to kind of park the idea of doing a weekly rules related question mainly because we've actually gone through pretty much every rules related question there is and not to to keep going over them but we decided what we would do is that if we saw breaches of rules normally on the tour and that highlighted some of the notable rules relating to the issue that we'd actually talk about them and in fact in week two of this year, exactly that has happened. And uh, Bob, you've been looking at this uh, Matt Every situation last weekend. Yeah, Matt Every was actually kind of interesting enough. He's disqualified on Friday for using a non-conforming club. Um, and obviously you kind of think, well, geez, what sort of club did he bring out and play? But actually the background to it is on Thursday he used his iron and he damaged it. And he put it out of shape uh, to an extent that it no longer uh, is conforming. Now, if he used the, the, uh, his options on Thursday when the club becomes non-conforming, because it's it's during, assuming it's during the normal course of play, he's able to use the forearm, and he also has the option to replace it or to repair it without undue delay. Um, but where the problem lied is that he finishes round on Thursday, left the forearm in the bag, and came out on Friday and used it again. So, if it, it was a non-conforming club, put it in the, left it in the bag on Friday. And immediately after you hit your first tee shot, if you were carrying a non-conforming club, you incurred two shots penalty per hole that you carried on up to a maximum of two holes or four shots. Um, but where the problem then arises for him is he actually used it on one of the holes and he got disqualified. Um, and really that, that's under rule 401 for penalty for carrying, um, but not making a stroke. That's the, that's the, um, the two shots for every hole. And then the penalty for actually using a non-conforming club is, is uh, disqualification. And going back to if he used it, in the, it during the round, if, if any of us are playing and we damage a, a, a club in the normal course of play, so things like if obviously if you hit a ball and the club head comes off, you can replace it. Or, or even something like if you're getting into a bunker and you use a club to help you get into the bunker, that's deemed the normal course of play. Whereas if you 
if you damage the club not in the normal course of play, you can't use the club for the rest of, of the round, and you need to declare it to your opponents that you're, you're counting that. So effect. examples of that would be sort of like a Happy Gilmore ground attack with the club, or, <laughs> yeah, 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 or, or a Henrik Stenson beautiful ninja break on his knee. Yes, he, you know he's very good at those. Or hitting you, yeah, <laughs> or hitting Barry when he gets yeah about the third hole when he's really the important thing is whenever I do that, I use your clubs. Yeah, <laughs> so all of those. Is would there be a penalty for borrowing somebody's clubs during a round? Um, not for hitting them with. Yeah, I can't use it to hit a shot. I can hit you. Perfectly legal. And those would all come under the description of normal course of play. So that's just kind of give us an idea. People do damage their clubs and during the round of yeah. normal course of play. You're actually okay. It's not it's too bad. It's so unusual he wouldn't have gone and got it looked at in the tour truck after the, the round or his caddy wouldn't have gone. Actually, you know, that's something I should do as my job to get the yeah. boss's bag sorted for tomorrow. Yeah, good point, yeah. yeah. I, uh, I saw the, the picture that was going around uh, the internet uh, of it lying forlorn in the bin uh, in, on one of the holes. So obviously, uh, if anybody's out in that direction, they'd probably get themselves a bent four iron. Um, what I would say is if, if over the year, if any of your listeners or the listeners have any rules related questions in their game, you know, anything that happens to them on a round, get in touch with us at podcast GTS or through the email address and we'll highlight them and try and get an answer for it. So if there is something unusual that occurs and that, you know, I'll try and put my legal head to it and get into mm. the decisions book and see if there's an actual explanation for it. Um, so that's a podcast GTS. Just as a disclaimer that we will not be a ruling body on any uh, decisions for things that come in your competitions. However, I am open to bribes, and if anybody wants to wire transfer, I'm sure their decision will go their direction. Um, it's been an incredibly odd, odd week Absolutely. In, in, in news. Um, and uh, I suppose we have to start with one of the strangest stories that I think has come out in golf for a long, long time, probably not since Tiger Woods and uh, and Ellen throwing the clubs at the car on the way out the driveway has this kind of scratched an awful lot of heads. What on earth is going on with this story with Robin Allenby? Barry, you, you've been looking at this. Like, this is barking. This is impossible to to miss. Like, when I first saw, I first saw, like, the picture of his face at the start of the video, my first inclination was, is this April, is this April 1st? Like, is it an April Fool's? So... Quick background, basically, Robert was off having dinner with his friends, and on the way out to, they were leaving the restaurant, himself and his friends got sort of separated, he went to the toilet, they went out, and then somebody told him, oh, your, your friends have gone down there, and as he exited the restaurant, he uh, he got attacked, and... And he had been playing the Sony Open in mm. Hawaii, so he's, and I think he missed the Friday night, and he missed the cut, I think he missed the cut, so he's obviously out for a few, probably a few jars to, to get over the fact that he's only taking home about 25 grand for missing the cut. Yeah, and it just, it, just <laughs> but, uh, gets, it just gets weird from there, because he said that, you know, he woke up a couple of hours later with no memory of what happened, and he was six miles away from where he was, but there was a, you know, there was a woman, a woman involved, and she found him, and she said that she found him very close to only a few hundred yards away, so... You know, there's conflicting stories, and the internet's kind of picked up on it and saying that, you know, what's going on? Is, yeah. there, you know, is somebody lying here? Yeah, Alan B said he got a taxi back to the hotel, and he was six and a half miles away. And yeah. That's where he, he was found, and all his stuff was stolen. He was he was mugged, everything like that, and he was beaten up, and you can see the marks on his face. But as you said, is this lady, Charade Keane. Um, what who, a fabulous name. Uh, it was a homeless woman, and she said that she found him bloodied, and he was only one block from the wine bar. Mm. Um and not six miles, and that she found him. Now, he has come out since and said, somebody actually from the Golf Channel, Tim Rosa Fort, um, texted Allenby to say, this is what's going on, and Allenby texted back on, I'm guessing she's getting paid to say this. 
So it's all very, very weird. It's 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 so strange. And and the thing about it is that like you know we've all ended up having a few jars and ending up like yeah. six miles away from where you're meant to be, usually because of a girl. But <laughs> it, it it just there's no reason why you know this woman has even involved herself in it. You know I don't I don't get you know why get involved in telling us that it was only a block away he's yeah. clearly being attacked at some level he has no idea what or who his mobile phone I think was taken and his wallet was taken and his so credit cards were used in the town down the road as well or something like that so it's like just you know it, it's just it's, it, it really is a, a strange strange story and um, I think it's probably going to rumble on the only thing is, uh, I think there's something very dodgy because Allenby is a total headbanger. He's been in he's been in the news a lot in the in the past years um, with various sorts of incidents. So there was kind of infamous incidents when he played in the 2009 and 2011 um, Presidents Cup. I think in the 2009 one, I you'll probably remember that he played Anthony Kim in the singles, and Anthony Kim played him. Uh, I think he won four and three hockey at Allenby, basically anyway. And Alan came out afterwards and said um, that, oh, Anthony Kim, you know, geez, he did really well to play so well because he came in at four o'clock in the morning last night walking in sideways because he was so drunk. <laughs> he came out and said this afterwards, and Freddie Couples was the captain. He was really annoyed about this, and they're kind of going, Jesus, like, you know, real speaking out of school kind of stuff. And also, after this guy is just after beating him, you know. And so people were kind of annoyed that he said that. Then in the 2011 uh, President's Cup, he played four matches, and three of the kind of foursmen and four wall matches, he lost all his matches. And someone in the reporter asked about him, and he basically blamed his three partners. And said, <laughs> I had three terrible partners, he said. He goes, he's Wai Yang, uh, Ratif Goosen, and there was one other one. And he said, in particularly, actually, yeah, Ratif Goosen, Wai Yang, and Ogilvy. Um, and he said, he, in particular, he are, accused. Are they all major winners. Uh, actually they are yeah exactly <laughs> terrible so golfers he said they were culpable for three of his defeats with Allenby accusing Ogilvy of putting him in the th- in the tree three times off the tee and I had to chip out three times so the following week and this rumbled on a bit the following week uh, Allenby was in contention in the Australian PGA and Jeff Ogilvy after obviously the stuff that happened the week before tweeted warms the heart to see Robert playing so well this week obviously heavy laden with sarcasm <laughs> so um Allenby was angered by the, the, the perceived sarcasm of the message and he sought out Ogilvy at the dinner to celebrate the, the, so the post-tournament dinner. And apparently then, according to observers, Allenby made his way to Ogilvy's table to air his grievances. As words were raised, a wine glass was inadvertently broken and Alan subsequently screaming at Ogilvy, do you want to go? <laughs> As in, do you want to have a scrap? So I think when you have such a headbanger like... Alan B, and he obviously rubs, rubs people up the wrong way. I'm kind of a bit dubious as to this kind of stuff. You know? Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put it down to possibly a UFO. You know, maybe, there was, <laughs> maybe there was something in the skies over Hawaii. Yeah. It's, uh, it, it will all come out, as they always do in the end. The yeah. story, so uh, yeah, keep 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 your ears tuned. He'd like he'd like to hear Jeff Ogilvy's opinion on what, what happened, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, and he's a brilliant he's a brilliant writer as well. He's oh, got a great brilliant. delivery. If anyone hasn't read any of his articles, he uh, he's an excellent writer, really enjoyable reads. He's uh, he's good in go- it's on golf digest. Yeah, it's a golf digest. Yeah, 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 it's brilliant. One of the uh, the other stories that's been going around, and Bob, you've had a look at this, and I'm not even going to try his first name, but Mr. Patel has been uh, raising attention to you this week. 
Yeah, this is just a story that we we, we did a good piece. Uh, well, sorry, we we did a, good, a kind of extensive podcast last okay. year. You can say it was a good piece. Good yeah, okay. yeah, we put a lot of work in. Self praise, okay? Yeah, yeah, that's fine. Um, so we did a lot of work on looking at the PGA Tours um, doping policy, and we did a full podcast on it last year. And we discussed a bit, and obviously around Dustin Johnson. Actually, I think we'll come to it in a bit. But he, um, you know, and, and how they approach uh, the, the announcing uh, bans for performance enhancing drugs. And they have a strict policy that they never announce it. Now, it was kind of strange just in the last week. Uh, Tim Fincham's office issued a statement saying that Bavik Patel uh, has been suspended for a year. And his suspension began on October 7th, 2014. So he'd be eligible to play, obviously, October 7th, 2015. And what I kind of thought was really weird is that in an effort to overcome an injury, I made a lapse of judgment. And... The tour have not revealed what substance triggered the positive, positive test. So I'm kind of wondering, if he's recovering from an injury, what the hell was he taking? Antler spray. Antler spray. <laughs> <like a DJ>. <laughs> <laughs> that, uh, maybe, uh, I know the, I know some of the soccer players in England, uh, get the horse placenta. Ooh, maybe okay. uh, maybe that's what he was, you know. Or wasn't Tiger doing the blood spinning at one stage? Wasn't he that kind of stuff? Santa. Well, he is good friends with another individual who had a um, certain use of bloods back in the day. Um, but we'll move on. Um, uh, to- actually, talking about Tiger Woods, <laughs> amazingly, talking about him, he uh, he is now the toothless Tiger Woods. Uh, Do you think Tiger did it to Allenby? Maybe that Tiger lost a tooth and Allenby got his face bashed in by Tiger. In, that, fair, in fairness to Tiger, him and Allenby are definitely not in the same league. <laughs> <laughs> that's the best conspiracy story I've heard all week. I think we should push the, push on our Twitter account. I think so. That that happened. Yeah, yeah <laughs> true exactly. story. Perhaps he, he, uh, he, he and Lindsay Vaughn had a bit of a falling out and a swipe of a ski uh, went his direction. Or Tiger can't master ski lifts because you know that could yeah. be it. Yeah, for, and I, I presume everyone that's listened to the podcast has seen it. But Tiger turned up uh, in Italy to support his uh, girl, girlfriend, isn't she? Sure, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, girlfriend, yeah. partner, I'd say. At this partner, stage. yeah, Lindsay Vaughn uh, in on skiing, and he showed up the, at the finish line of her record-breaking win. But the weird thing about it is, he appeared with he's missing a front tooth. Now, the his agents came out and explained the story and said so. His, his agent, Mark Steinberg, released a statement saying, during a crush of photographers at the awards podium, a media member with a shoulder-mounted video camera surged towards the stage, turned, and hit Woods in the mouth. Wood's tooth was knocked out by the incident. Now, regular listeners know that I'm quite sceptical at the best of times. <laughs> if, really? If, if there's a big uh, crush of media with cameras and everything like that, why isn't there any footage of this? Why, why don't we see blood on the ground? A tiger never gets involved. He's always got like a swarm of people around him blocking that sort I'm, of thing. I'm going to go thing. one step further than your scepticism yeah. because if Tiger Woods was standing anywhere near the public, Every person with an iPhone and Android and a camera on it will be taking photos. Yeah. So even if it's not recorded on the guy like who's that. just knocked the tooth out, it's going to be on an amateur video. Exactly. Some guy, oh look here, she's a yeah. side Tiger Woods, yeah. and here I got a selfie, and look, Jesus, you can see his tooth being knocked out. And they would have it gone to tabloids is. by now. Oh, absolutely. There, yeah. There's ten grand in the Daily Mail for that kind of story. It's funny. He looks. He looks like a kind of a seven-year-old, you know, who's lost one of his front teeth at the moment. Yeah. So, yeah. It's quite. And what, what an accurate shot from that massive, big shoulder-mounted video camera to knock just one tooth out, no bruising. It's it's so weird. I, but the only thing is, as well, is there was nothing reported to security or anything like that. Um, and actually, something which I didn't realize, we only just read on Golf Channel, it was actually a dead tooth as well. Oh, so apparently, it was always very white. 
Well, I think this is what they were saying is back at the PGA Championship in August that this tooth was actually considerably yellow more than the rest. Um, and so he has a dead tooth. Can, can I just say, I think we need to move on when we start getting down to the colour of the <laughs> yeah, teeth. Yeah, yeah. Um, Talking about, you know, where there's blame, there's a claim. Uh, the Phoenix Open have become the biggest party poopers in golf oh, at, at yeah. this point. And uh, just for people who, again, haven't seen this, the um, Phoenix Open, and it's the part three, is it the 17th? 17th, I was going to say the 16th, 17th. Yeah. They have all of the... They build a stadium, stadium around, around the hole, basically. And the whole thing is a bit of fun, and it's a big cauldron, and really, like... The guys want as much noise as possible, and if you don't, and all the rest. And they do a big boo if you don't get on the green. You know, it's yeah, a short yeah, hook yeah. part three as well. It was the court. They used to have the caddy race there. They had the caddy race. And, and they used to walk up and down with all of the sponsors, throwing out stuff into the mm. crowd at the player. Uh, Harrington, Harrington was kicking footballs into the, yeah, into the crowd yeah. last his, year. His uh, cousin of his is Joey a, Harrington. Joey Harrington, yeah, is a kicker for one of the NFL uh, teams. He was, was with the Miami Dolphins. Yeah. I don't know where and he is Phil, now. Phil Mickelson showed off his prowess with the spiraling of the Oh, no, not yeah. the kicker. He was, sorry, he was a quarterback it was Ronan O'Gara's uh, the Irish out half for rugby his his cousin was a a lot of fun to be had inside this stadium you know caddy raced down to the green with the bags on there was always caddies falling and tumbling it was all the crowd went nuts there was free stuff getting thrown into the crowd like now the, now the golfers can't even throw a golf ball into the crowd or pass a golf ball to somebody. Yeah, the caddy races were banned last year, and now, as you say, Phoenix has banned the throwing of anything into the crowd for insurance reasons. Yeah. Like, now, to be fair, most of them last year that I saw was throwing in, you know, hats and, and mm-hmm. things like that. So yeah. what they weren't throwing yeah. golf balls in. I think the ridiculous thing here is golfers can be hit, you know, hit their drives down the fairway straight at them at, you know, 300 yards down the fairway. <coughs> and that's really? fine. And not shout four. And not shout four. But for insurance reasons, quote unquote, even though I'm sure they'll have been told if you go into the six, uh, 17th area, you're it's going to. It's actually on the, when you go into a PGA Tour event, it's actually on the ticket, on the back of the ticket saying that if anything happens to you, you're waving all right. Mm. So I don't see why they couldn't do that for the. I know. So, so I mean, what if one of the golfers had like a whole bunch of cute, like soft, cuddly teddy bear golfers to like hand out to the crowd? They actually, are they going to hurt somebody if they throw them in this year? I'd say that would be low. I think it's just the actual missiles into the yeah. crowd. I, th- I think I, I think the sign said you just can't even pass anything to the crowd this really? year. It's, well, it's, 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 anyway, it's certainly part of massive, massive fun policing. Like, yeah. Well, on one of the best, one of the best holes and most memorable things you'll see all year as a golf fan. And it's uh, the tournament this year is the same city as the Super Bowl, same weekend. Yeah. yeah so it? it's going to be mental. And Tiger's playing? Well. I'm really looking forward to Tiger playing. It's probably going to be like 5 million people descending on the yeah. city for this With or without his tooth. Will he have it by feet? Will he have found it? <laughs> well, that's it. Uh, and it's yellow, so he would have found it in the <laughs> snow. It would have been fine. <laughs> um, talking about uh, snow. And actually, oh. this is perfect. Uh, Dusty Johnson's interview, which is just, in my opinion, sickening. But uh, oh, Bob, you God. have had a read of this, and I think you've you've attempted not to ratchet up some. Yeah, we actually we posted this on the Twitter account um, so today. Earlier today, yeah. just yeah. So it, if if you look at our Twitter account as as James's at podcast GTS, we put up the article. So Dustin Johnson has undertaken his first interview with uh, with the media. Um, following his return and it is so cringy so on the very front is a picture of Dustin Johnson with uh, Wayne Gretzky who is his father-in-law and one of the most famous ice hockey players that there's ever been 
and the picture itself is Dustin sitting down on a wall looking up to his father-in-law and it only gets cringier from from there on in. With extremely white photoshopped teeth and everything. It's That's just a piss Tiger Woods out. <laughs> <laughs> um, so really what Dustin's talking about is saying how he really wants to focus himself, he wants to get it right and, and a couple of the I suppose key things to take out of it are, are key sentences. He goes, I'm starting to become the person I want my kids to look up to. Um, and he said he's hired a team of experts, a life coach and several clinicians among them to help him better understand what drives him, how to handle stress and how to unlock his latent potential. So, and, and then the last bit I'll say is this. The simple question that will be answered when Johnson returns to the tour is whether, whether, will be whether after mentoring from the great one, which is returning, is mentioning Gretzky, he can become golf's next great one. So it's cliche upon cliche. And also as well, he was accompanied by his longtime agent, but also a new PR consultant. So it's probably one of the most sickening PR exercises I've seen in a Max long time. Clifford has been involved. Yeah. It is, it is stomach churning to say the least. I, I, he denies, of course, the reason for his suspension and various other things in it. But and he's he's clear to make sure that he denies that he was suspended by the tour because I think, as we said, he decided himself to take a leave absence. Yeah. So he can actually deny uh, that he he took a. It's, uh, it's the kind of interview that you read before somebody runs for American president. Absolutely. You know, I've, I've been a sinner and now I'm the greatest man. And, yeah. you know, yeah. I've, I've seen the light. And um, as well as two jet skis and uh, one of his boats are going up for sale if everyone has a spare bit of change lying around. Is that one of the jet skis he hurt his back on and had to take three months off? Yeah, three months that apparently coincided with uh, some uh, alleged drug, uh, it, a further drug ban back in 2012. Is so. it double hold by any chance? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Review of last week. We're going to move on before I uh, will not be back next week because I'll be banned from the airways. Uh, the review of last week. Uh, Abu Dhabi took place. Uh, this was really the season opener for most of the, the, the big names. However, it was Gary Stahl won by one shot over the world number one, Rory McIlroy, and two shots from Martin Keimer. question I want to throw out to you two lads is, will this tournament be remembered for Gary Stahl's victory or Martin Keimer's collapse? I think it's pretty much Martin Keimer's collapse, unfortunately. Yeah, I watched a good bit of this now over the weekend, and uh, Keimer, I was actually going to send you lads a text actually on Saturday um, saying that I was wondering whether Keimer on Thursday, Friday, Saturday, he was pretty much at his best. And I was thinking, is Keimer at his best up there with Rory at his best? You know, when Keimer basically in, in Pinehurst obviously blew away the field and it was a very similar performance. But thankfully I didn't because I would look. I would look very stupid. <laughs> Did you have it all typed out and then went X X X X X X X But fair at the time, it wouldn't have been the the worst shout. Like he well, was dominating completely. And, and that's the thing is he does have kind of Rory esque way of playing a tournament and just winning it by five, six, seven. And, mm. and I suppose after Saturday he was on to, onto that. I, I think it's probably fair to say James that he was a bit unlucky on Sunday. I mean I know. He lost. He obviously lost. I think he had ten shot, a ten shot lead with fourteen holes to go. But I think if anything could have gone wrong, it did go wrong for him. Really. Well, yeah, and I suppose it was at this tournament a few years ago when uh, Tiger got stuck behind a rock and he got twenty people to move it out of their way. Uh, <laughs> Martin didn't have the same amount of people who were able to kind of help him out. He was unlucky. He, he didn't drive the ball particularly well on the couple of holes, but. Man, did he pay the price? I think he was under the bush, behind a tree, under another bush, behind another tree, and under a rock. So there, there was a lot of things that went against him. 
But Barry, you were looking at one and you were saying it off air, his chipping, you know, particularly the chip that he duffed, you know, you, you, you had a certain view in relation to that. Yeah, I mean, he he just doesn't look confident over the chipping, and this has been an, a live issue for a long time. And even from the U.S. Open last year, um, Wayne Riley, Radar and Sky Sports ha, has been on gone on about this for a long time. And you know, Keimer in the U.S. Open last year used a lot of putters from off the green, chip mm. and runs. Now that course definitely Pinehurst yeah. number two lends itself Absolutely. to that type of shot, and it's arguable that's one of the only types of shots you should default to around there but he tends to do a lot in other courses as well and he just looks like I would rather play any other shot right now than this chip shot well Radar mentioned it himself and um, oh, what's called? Ewan Murray were saying that they were watching him play on the 16th in Sawgrass last year mm. and he was 20 yards off the green with a kind of quite a standard pitch that any PGA Tour player would just get out their wedge and you know chip it to five six feet minimum, and he got the putter out from twenty yards. And they specifically mentioned that that mm. he, he, he it is one of his weaknesses. And actually, I had a quick look at just at his stats from last year from the PGA Tour and all of his scrambling. He is outside the top one hundred in every stat. And this is obviously in a year when he won a major. And the headline stat: his scrambling. Total scrambling is at 53.43%, which is 158 on the PGA Tour. So It's near rock bottom. Yeah, so and I think it's probably at about maybe 200 people, maybe. Mm. So Radar kind of hit the nail on the head, so it's definitely his, his weakness. And I didn't really notice that now until Radar started mentioning it recently, you know. Um, Poor Martin. We all, we, we all have it. Yeah. Yeah. None, none of us are great chippers, or ever will be, I don't think. So I, I think we're probably saying Martin Keimer is going to be the story of the week rather than poor uh, Gary Stoll winning his first. You've got to give him credit, though, Gary Stoll. Like, what a what a tournament he put in. Like, no round, every round was in the 60s, and on the weekend he went 67, 65 on Sunday to finish. I mean, that's, yeah, that's some serious golf. Very unorthodox swing in how he swings. Did you see, did you, I don't know if you saw it, his head level drops dramatically you know we talk about tiger's head level dropping and that's mm. one of the problems you should go down like six inches how yeah I, I think i'm not exaggerating i'd say gary style goes down about minimum two feet in his wow. uh in his actually and there's a guy on twitter john rhodes who's a skybet compiler and he's actually put four pictures up showing the the drop you should have a look actually we might retweet that barry mm. um and oh my god he's a major drop in his head but uh, still his swing's very effective you know if you can get back to club face back to square consistently every time exactly exactly one of the things actually i must say i was i really enjoyed uh was rich beam on the commentary um and i don't know it's, it's probably because we've had the likes of mark rowe and uh, I mean, I suppose Ray, I find Radar is really good, but we've had a lot of the same commentators, so it's good to get a new voice on. But in particular, he he actually commented about the European Tour, and he said that if he had another year out on a tour and he wasn't going to do it in the States, he'd pick the European Tour by a million miles over the other ones. Now, he explained, he said that there's a big difference between the European Tour and the PGA Tour. He didn't actually go into it, which I would have liked to hear a bit more, but he said that the one thing he did say is a lot more variety in the European Tour in tournaments, you know, when you compare like Wentworth to, to Abu Dhabi to maybe something like a Lynx tournament in the Irish Open. So, but he also then, he was very good in giving tips. There was a couple of things he showed, um, Thomas Peters, you know, the Belgian guy. I think he finished in the top three, I think, mm-hmm. in the end. But they showed his takeaway, and I'm not very technical now, but he was hitting the driver and Rich Beam was drooling over how close, uh, Thomas Peters was keeping his two elbows together. 
And he said, if you keep your two elbows as close as possible in the whole way through your swing when hitting driver, he goes, it's almost impossible not to hit it straight. Um, and it was kind of small things like that that's great for an average listener to, uh, to, to, to watch. I thought it was very good. You were very close to trying to do an American accent impression of Rick Beam there, weren't you? Uh, actually, well, uh, <laughs> there was a moment. No, no. Bob's, Bob's working on his American twang for when he moves over to San Fran. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm not going, I'm not going to go and try the thing, but he gave a couple of other things. Fairway bunkers, he gave a tip. He said that if you're struggling to make clean contact in the fairway bunker, he goes, when you're looking down the ball, focus on the front part of the ball. And try to hit that because he goes, you get, get cleaner contact, which I thought was good. I've done that for a while. I got, yeah. I got a tip from somebody else about doing that. <clears throat> yeah. Just trying to t- put your eyes in the front of the ball and you end up, so you strike down on it better. Yeah, yeah. So I, I kept, there was a couple of things. He's, I thought, he's I grown into the role beautifully, isn't he? Yeah, I thought he was really good um, and very refreshing. And I kind of, I hope he kind of continues on now with, with the European Tour coverage. And he gets bonus points for not having, not once having mentioned he's a major winner, as opposed to Monty yeah. who drops yeah. it in every four sentences. Yeah, exactly. So a nice bit of humility, which was good. So it was good to see. And if anybody wants to hear Bob do a Rick Beam uh, accent next week, I think they should get in contact with us at Podcast GTS. Oh, yeah, yeah. Any retweets, favorites, likes, anything, uh, contact, even blank emails will all count as votes towards Bob doing a. It'd be kind of embarrassing, embarrassing, but anyway, give me a bit of practice. (laughs) Um, Over in the the US, they're still out in Hawaii, and uh, Jimmy Walker, uh, after finishing the runner up in the Hyundai Tournament of Champions last week, successfully went one better and won the title in the Sony Open. Claiming his fourth PGA Tour victory, um, and uh, took away 1.67 million dollars with it, which was nice. Um, did you guys see much of this? I didn't see much of it. Now I, I kind of saw a bit of the highlights, but I, I kind of lost interest. I, I was delighted for Jimmy because he got a lot of criticism in the previous week. He kind of took the foot off the pedal, and mm. I think with the last eight holes, he was one over par. Whereas I think he just said he went out and played a lot more aggressive and blew the field away one yeah, by nine. 66, 66, 62, 63. Not bad yeah. <laughs> to win actually, by uh, 11 shots. And actually, in fairness to Alan, Alan wasn't here last week, but oh, he no, did yeah. say that one of the players that Alan expects to have a big year is Jimmy Walker in terms of the majors. So he gave, gave him a shout-out. Last week, and of course, was, was hit it, uh, did it quite quite well. But I, I, I didn't see much. I think he had it fairly wrapped up, and it was between himself and kind of Jimmy, or sorry, himself and Scott Piercy and Harris English and Coacher. I think he kind of had it wrapped up, so I didn't watch too much of it. Um, serious, I mean, it was a serious clinic he put on on um, just finishing off golf, you know, especially to bounce back to from the week before. I mean, just to give you an idea of what he did in, in winning. And a few of his stats, I know you like enjoy this, Bob. I do. He led strokes gained putting for the week at he was two and a half, oh, just over two and a half shots better than the average for the field. I think he was seventh in strokes gained putting last year. He's just a phenomenal wow, putter. Wow, yeah. wow, wow! Now, to to lead strokes gained putting is good, but to couple it with leading greens and regulation for the week at over at nearly eighty two percent greens and regulation, mm-hmm. yet to, to do both together is phenomenal. Not only did he hit the greens in regulation, he was twelfth in proximity to the hole. For so he was his irons were just like lasers this week, and the putter, you know, obviously was gold. So uh, you know, it was nice to see him win after stumbling last week. So maybe maybe Martin Kleiner will do it next time he uh, tees it up. Yeah, actually, and on Jimmy Walker as well. There's another very good article in Golf Digest. We we put it on our Twitter account again, and one of the weirdest things that I have ever found out about a golfer is that Jimmy Walker uh, took a fo- uh, took a photograph through his astrophotography uh, pastime of the Iris Nebula and it was chosen as the NASA Astronomy Picture of the Day 
on August the second, just gone by. So this is one of the things he gets into. He one of his, his passions is uh, he enjoys, as he says, the interstellar things that he sees and, and photographs through astrophotography. But he actually has a brilliant website as well, which actually shows all his pictures that he's taken, or he's put up a sele- uh, selection of them. And it's jwalk.smugmug.com. Or smart mug. <laughs> So, but it's actually available on our Twitter account. We posted the Golf Digest article, and you can actually get in to see his pictures that he's taking uh, of, I suppose, uh, all distant galaxies, as he says, and nebulae. But it is actually genuinely worth watching. And I, I wouldn't be or, or looking at, I wouldn't be huge into kind of space and stuff like that. But some of the pictures are unbelievable. Mm-hmm. And I suppose winning an award from NASA is that's, that's just crazy. And to be fair, when you have only one point six seven million last week, you know you have to do something to supplement that income. You know you need to you need to sell those prints. <laughs> I, I wouldn't say it's any sort of uh, kind of. Random little telescope. I'd say putting that money to good use. I'd say yeah, it would make the Armagh Conservatory uh, look look pretty pretty. But shit. It's, it's kind of nice to see that you know players have a bit of a different personality. You know, I'm I'm definitely a bit more impressed with um, with Jimmy Walker's pastimes than I am with uh, with Dustin Johnson's anyway. You know, so I think yeah, good on, good on Jimmy. Uh, both are out of space, but. Uh, um, <laughs> Talking about next week's tournament and looking forward, um, the European Tour is still in this kind of swing around the desert swing. The desert swing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so uh, Barry, you've been looking a little bit at this. Um, it's got a strange name, doesn't it? It's it's um, the Commerce Bank. The Humane, or is that? Oh, that's not. It's in the states. So it's oh, that's the states. Not the Commerce Bank. Yeah, your pardon. Commercial Bank Guitar Masters from oh, Doha Golf Club. So it's been yeah, it's just been here for many many years and continues the desert swing. It is a 7,400 yard par 72 that often is exposed to wind. So, um, you know, Rory's not playing this week. No, he took the week off. Um, we'll have a look at the field yeah. and see who's there. So at the top of the betting, we have Sergio Garcia making his debut in 2015, uh, followed by Justin Rose, Henrik Stenson, Charles Schwartzel. Um, we'll go with surnames only now. Grace, Olison, Levy, Wiesberger, Illinen, Gallagher, Stahl, Cabrera Bayo, Marcel Seam, Robert Carlson, who won it there a few years back. So it's not quite as strong a field as last week. Um, a, few, a few of the big boys taking a bit of time off before the Dubai Desert Classic next week. You have a fancy this week, Barry, don't you? I do, yes. Uh, George, George Kutsaya. Hmm. Um, he seems to, you know, he likes playing in South Africa and in the desert as well. He's had a couple of good results here before and He's also showing a little bit of form as of uh, the last couple of weeks. Well, sorry, he did have a missed cut down in South Africa, but he had, that was based on his bad first round, I think. Okay. So, uh, and the stats were reasonably good last week, and he's had a second and a fifth here the last two years. So, my money's gone on him this week at forty-five to one on uh, Paddy Power. Oh, sorry, Barry. He's now forty to one on Paddy Power. <laughs> right. Okay. I was, I, was hoping, I was hoping they might go an extra place this week. Uh, You're so trying to talk them into it, were you? <laughs> I was. I was, hap- I was happy to hold off and put a bet on this evening, uh, hoping they'd add an extra place like they often do the night before an event. Oh yeah. They've yeah. just gone. And the dis- market has moved against you. They've gone disappointed. I wonder if uh, Steve Bamford or Paul tipped up George could say, and that's why he's I moved. actually did. He- I actually did see someone ticking up uh, tip up could see it today so there might be a bit of money from but so. there's plenty of other good good uh, bookmakers out there and you might get a uh, you might get a better price somewhere else as well you That's might still get the 45s steve bamford was talking last week about uh justin rose and this is going to be his first second favorite at the moment um it might be interesting to see how he starts striking the ball this year 
Yeah, and like he, again, he just has this problem that he starts tournaments very slow, and he was pretty much gone out of the tournament last week. Uh, his first two rounds, like he made the cut, but he was way out of contention. Now I think he got back into contention with a uh, with, uh, over the weekend. I think he finished thirteenth in the end. I'm um, open to correction on that, but. One person who I really, really fancy this week, and he's kind of short price, is Charles Schwartzel. Um, and as, as, as you touched on, Barry, I love my stats. Uh, he was first in fairways hit last week, tied first in greens in regulation, second in putts per greens in regulation, and third in total putts. Um, now he ended up finishing sixth. And also, now he obviously, people would look at a negative that he played his home open and he lost it. Um, kind of crumbled a bit at the end but I would more look at that as positive that he's had a second place in his home open he's now sh- he had a sixth last week and his stats are really strong he also shot a 65 on Saturday and he said it's the best round of golf he's played in two years and he said if he had he said he, he actually felt he could have shot under 60 but he said it's just his putter was a bit cold on him and mm-hmm. he still shot 65 so he's 18 to 1 with some of the bookies so I'm going to have a bit of a punt on him I, I kind of can't see him outside of the outside of the top five, so I think you might kind of a bit of each way on him, and then a bit a bit more on the nose. So I'm just gonna have a little bit of betting him, just give a bit of interest over the weekend. But um, you know, I just think he's, he's he's in great form at the moment. Then I suppose looking across the water, uh, the Humana Challenge uh, tournament is on the PGA Tour, and uh, has anybody had a look at this? Anybody interested in? Again, it's another late night one, isn't it? It's yeah, it's I, close. I, not, not as bad as Hawaii. Only eight hours behind. Eight hours back yeah. into California. Isn't it? So yeah, yeah, back to California. So this this is a pro am, a birdie fest played across three golf courses, which are uh, pretty much year in year out ranked the easiest par seventy twos mm. on mm. tour. So I mean, just for example, Patrick Reed won last year at twenty eight under for the yeah. four rounds. So um, it's a cut after three rounds rather than the usual two. Um, I mean, your guess is as good as mine. We put put the field on a on a wall and throw a couple of darts at as to who's actually going to go well. Um, you're going to need a hot putter this week. You're going to need to make a lot of birdies. Yeah, I think I've I've, I've seen a few guys um, going for long odds, going for kind of 100 to one guys because I think Patrick Reed won this last year in around 100 to one. Um, so. To be honest, I don't like the Pro-Ams and, I, and even the Pebble Beach one with, with kind of Bill Murray and the likes. I think it can be very mm. slow and you don't see a lot of the good golfers. So this probably won't be, I'll, actually I won't be here next week, but this will be another event that I'll probably be saying I won't be watching too much. And as I said, the time difference probably doesn't help. So for me, no bet. Um, yeah, you're buying on the money though. The price is just uh, looking at the golf betting system. The guys yeah. are very good for looking at historical prices, as uh, Steve said last week. The last few years of winners were 135 to 1, 80 to 1, 125 to 1, 200 to 1, and 100 to 1. So, this could be a week for that outside, grab that outside price. Yeah, I think that's probably, like if, if anyone was, if I, like if someone said to me, gave me a free bet, mm. fiber, uh, hint, hint, any bookmakers that want to get in contact with us. <laughs> you said 50 though, right? 50, yeah. 50 each way, yeah. I, I think I'd be looking in kind of some of the, the higher odds, you know, as, as you just said, throw a few darts, you know. Um, so yeah, uh, yeah, I, I might keep an eye on it, but I, I don't think I'll be spending too much time watching it. Uh, I would at fifty to one go with Russell Knox because he's been knocking on that door for the last few weeks. But um, that's only a side issue. Um, so you're staying out of it, Barry? Are you putting any money down? Not yet. I haven't really looked at it in too much detail yet, so I'm gonna I'm gonna pass as well for now. 
And the one thing actually, the one thing that I'm going to keep an eye on is Webb Simpson and Keegan Bradley are playing this week. And Simpson actually, I kind of noted last week that he played uh, his first tournament, our first proper tournament with the short putter. So himself and Keegan Bradley have both gone to the gone to the shorter putters and. Simpson actually started off quite well. He shot a 62 in the first round last week, and on the on his first round back nine, he actually only had 10 putts. So it's kind of interesting to see that he is adapting to the short putter. Now he for the whole tournament he was minus 0.1 strokes game putting, so that means he was pretty much bang on average with everyone else in the field. But he also said he got a half a day putting lesson, which Butch Harmon. So Butch is really spreading himself around. But Keegan Keegan Bradley also played the Hero World Challenge Tigers event back before Christmas. And he had 24 birdies on tough greens again with the short putter. Mm. So there's a couple of the guys are starting to adapt. And that's one thing I might keep an eye on is to see how Webb and Keegan are getting on. And see whether they do, if they have a couple of bad weeks, will they jump back to the other yeah. one? It's, it's, a, it's a strange one to have. like Because you know you still have a year to hang on and go with it. Tim Clark, I know, is going to go right up to the very last day. He's threatening he's legal action that. and everything, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, that, that, could, that could dig deep into his pockets to go up against uh, the PGA Tour. Well, interesting on Webb Simpson. So he broke his old putter over his knee intentionally so that, so that he couldn't use it. And then his wife goes, um, maybe just don't throw that out just in case. So apparently his uh, broken putter is, that he snapped into two is actually above the trophy cabinet and it's still there. Yeah, but I don't know what he's on the bag, it's going to be shot penalties all the time. Like well, he's asked Matt every. Well, you think, well, that's the thing. If you glue it back and get it back into similar... You probably thing, need a new shaft. Yeah, a new shaft or something yeah. like that. Then it'd be fine. So he hasn't quite given it away. I, I, I say I, she's looking at that diamond bracelet and thinking, if that money runs out, my boy, you're taking that back down yeah, off yeah, the shelf yeah, and exactly, you go. Exactly. Well, I think... <laughs> I'm Jenny, you're right. I think she did say this has served you so well for four years. Served us so well. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's obviously something that was eating at his mind for a while now for him to go to that to that length and just say I'm making the decision for myself bang there goes the putter and now I, I'm in a no you know I'm kind of backed into a corner here so time to fight my way out with the short yeah. one so I, mean, I, I, I like that approach to it yeah and he and he's had a good start like um, on a, and one of the other guys who were I was going to keep an eye on is Adam Scott he was testing a reduced length putter just before mm. Christmas in playing one of the events in Australia but he was using the claw grip with it which kind of similar to how he does with his so uh, Garcia does the, the kind of that claw doesn't he yeah but it's quite a long putter but it's not anchored to him so okay, yeah. I think he uses the uh, dual balance putter oh, okay. and I'm actually looking at this myself uh, but I'll explain more when when, when I have a better I'm going out hopefully in the next few weeks to try and get tested for the two of them and see which I prefer but cool. Uh, cool. we will come back to that yeah, Tia, you could do uh, nearly as well as Tim Clark. He's very lucky. He's going out to this. Scotty Cameron have a phenomenal putting studio out in California. I'm sure Bob will end up there at some stage when he's over in the States. Yeah, and, well, um, for people who don't know, I suppose as Barry's mentioned a couple of times, I'm moving to uh, California mid-March, so we'll, we'll discuss that more at a later stage. Anyway. West Coast correspondent. It's yeah, an yeah. exclusive for your mum and dad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's harsh to hear it on the podcast, Bryce. Uh, so Tim, yeah, Tim Clark's going to the Scotty Cameron studio at some stage to get, they, they'll do a bit of work with him and try custom fit a few putters around his stroke and he, he has a, an unusual thing. I don't know how it actually impacts it, but apparently his wrists don't rotate, which is why he finds putting with a conventional putter very difficult. So interesting to see the development throughout the year yeah. with Tim Clark. He seems to be kind of fighting a battle on its own now. The other guys seem to be kind of accepting it and getting on with it almost. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I think, I, I think he's probably fighting a losing battle, unfortunately. Yeah. 
Right, well, on that fun note, uh, <laughs> I am going to say thank you very much to uh, to Bobby and to Barry for uh, all their input. I want to thank everybody who's been listening. Get in contact with us at Podcast GTS and the email address goodtalkspoiled at gmail.com. This has been a Good Talk Spoiled. We'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye, huh? Well, you're fine. Bye-bye.